Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of AMA. I'm your host, Tom Bilyeu, and I'm gonna be taking your questions. Remember, you can always submit them to connect at impacttheory.com. Without further ado, the first question is from EJ. I'm a musician and I'm trying to build a career from it as it is my what? Trying to build a career from it as it is my absolute passion. I feel I'm in a cycle of going from crappy random job to crappy random job so I can pay my rent. Do you have any advice for how I can keep my spirits up when I feel so down from working these jobs? All right, so first of all, never be a slave to your emotions. So just because you're going through a hard time, don't let that occupy your thoughts. You get what you focus on. So if you focus on the things that are going wrong, you focus on how much you hate your job, then your life is gonna be filled with misery. So what I want you to do is focus on the things about your job that might be useful, something that you're learning, the people that you're meeting, whatever it is, find something positive. There is always something. Focus on that thing. Then, as rapidly as you can, you want to either start making a living doing your music or if you're not able to pull that off yet, you want to start making a living doing something in that world. So if you're an accountant, go be an accountant for a music company, things like that. There are a thousand ways to be in the universe of things you really like. Secretly, deep down, what I really wanna do, this is partly actually true, and I've really considered this, is writing. I wanna write the comics, I wanna write the screenplays, like that would be so much fun. But what I do instead is I'm in the universe of creating the studio, doing the business side of things, which isn't always the most fun if I'm completely honest, but I have a fetish for control and we all know what my goals are and what I'm trying to accomplish. So because of that, I'm doing it in an arena where the things that I'm around I love. Just going in, having a meeting with a comic writer or uh, an artist and spending that time looking to hire an artist, for instance, is way fun for me because I'm spending all that time around the art. So being in the universe of is another way you can't always make your living, uh, in this case, as a writer of songs. Wow, that was awkward. As a musician, um, but you can be in the universe of. So those are my two pieces of advice. Find a way to be in the universe of, even if it's doing something that's tangential to that. And then second, focus on the things that fill you with joy, that give you something empowering, something positive that you can focus on. That will keep your mind in the right place 
place while you build the life that you really want. All right, next question, Uzair M. Based on the thesis put forward by Cal Newport about passion, that it's created rather than found, what skills would you develop if you were a teenager if your goal was to add as much value to the world as possible? Who? If my goal was to add as much value to the world as possible, I'm going to be honest. What I would focus on instead is what is the thing that makes you feel most alive and then how do you add value doing that? I find that everybody wants to help, but at the end of the day, we're all going to help in an incredibly unique way, a way that we love, a way that makes us feel passionate, a way where we feel like the unique set of skills that we want to have and we want to develop. How do we find a way for those to serve other people rather than leading with the sort of vague notion of I want to serve and help people? Start with, okay, this is the thing that I love. This is the thing that makes me feel alive. This is the thing that gives me more energy than it takes. This is the passion that I have developed. But that passion that you develop is still based on a spark of real interest. And I think that's where people can get misled, even with things that I say, with things that Cal Newport said, which by the way, I've totally just adopted the way that he thinks about passion. I think it is absolutely amazing. So you're going to create it, but it is going to be from a spark of something that you actually do find interesting, intrinsically, just in and of itself, for whatever reason, when you're around that thing, you want to do more, you want to engage. Now, it's not going to start out as that full-blown passion, but it is intrinsically interesting. So this isn't a case of you go and make yourself love the taste of, um, in my case, scalloped potatoes, which are like being tortured for me. This is a case of taking something that you already have an innate taste for, something that's interesting, and then you take that interest and build it into a raging inferno. But you need to go experience a lot of stuff to find that thing that you really spark with that already piques your interest, that gives more energy than it takes. That's the thing that you develop. So I would start there. I would start with the world that you want to be in, the things you want to do, and then find a way to serve others with that. So for instance, filmmaking. I'm not just making any old film. I'm making films that empower other people. That was not at all what I thought about when I was younger, when I first got into film, and I fell in love with it in the beginning just from storytelling. And it evolved as I began to look at how can I serve other people and do something that I love. Next question, Henry McGovern. I'm 23 and the more I learn about the growth mindset, the less urgency I feel to actually do the work. That's weird because subconsciously I feel that I have years and years ahead of me to get a world class to get to world class level. I am still extremely ambitious, but I cannot seem to regather my lost momentum or sense of urgency. Do you have any advice for me? This is fascinating. So I read a book when I was younger called Einstein's Dreams. And in Einstein's Dreams, there is a world where everybody lives forever. And because of that, they bifurcate into two separate camps. Camp number one never does anything. They're just like you. They feel like they always have time to do it tomorrow, which is very weird that you get that from a growth mindset. I, honestly, I don't get the connection there. And I think you may be conflating things. But you've got that, that camp. So people that never do anything, there's always time to do it tomorrow. Then you've got the other camp, which I very squarely fall into, which is they do everything because there's plenty of time to get great at everything. Now, to me, somebody that has a growth mindset and understands one fundamental key principle, and that is that skills have utility. They're actually meant to do something. They're meant to allow you to bring something into existence that you wouldn't have been able to bring into existence without that skill. Because it has utility and because I think people get a deep sense of fulfillment out of serving others, out of doing something that pleases themselves and makes the world better for other people. That sense of fulfillment, I think, is the single most intoxicating emotion that any human can experience. Because of that, 
That's why I think a growth mindset is so invigorating because you realize that you can learn all of that stuff. You can harness all of that utility. You can bring these things into existence that not only are exciting to you, thrilling, but that they also allow you to experience fulfillment by helping other people. So that to me is a growth mindset. Now, the other side, which sounds like a lack of quite honestly, a lack of just interest in what you're doing because there is something out there that's intriguing enough for you, it's fun enough for you that you're gonna wanna do it whether you're getting paid or not. And the urgency is borne up in at least small quantities around just it's fun and it gives you energy and it's exciting. And then you're able to turn that into that real deep-seated sense of urgency, that raging inferno of desire, of need to make something happen by fanning those flames, by going through a very mechanistic process of understanding how to build an emotional fire, which just by way of analogy, building a real fire, it's the same, right? You've got to have the dry brush or kindling of some kind that really catches fire easily, then a little bit bigger kindling, and then the real pieces of wood, but all built so that air can flow through. I mean, it's a very similar process to bringing a, or developing an interest into a full-blown passion in your life. Uh, We have to be thoughtful about that. You have to embody the energy and the enthusiasm and things like that to really um, work that up, tell other people what you're up to, reinforce it in your own mind, all the things that go into creating a passion. Now, if you spend the time doing that based on something that actually is a core real interest for you, then it can blossom into something massive. And I think you'll find that urgency is born out of that. So I would say you just haven't found that thing that sparks your interest enough to be worthy of engagement, to develop into a full-blown passion. Um, When you find that, no one's going to have to push and poke and prod you. And I'll call that drive versus the ambition that you feel, which is exactly where I was as a kid. I had these huge dreams. I had all this ambition, but I had none of the drive to actually go and see it through. Um, And I have cultivated uh, that urgency, but all around things that actually just were innately already interesting to me. I just got a less than stellar performance appraisal, something along the lines of need significant improvement, something I felt was unfair as I had put in a lot of hard work. It has dented my self-confidence and I feel as if I'm not required and now need to look for a new job. How can I rebound from these feelings of inadequacy and what can I learn from this? This is so powerful, Poan. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. So here's the thing. The very ability to bounce back from that kind of negative feedback, that is the juice. That's the thing, that's the skill. If you can get good at that, if you can get kicked in the face and right there in real time, emotionally recenter yourself, remind yourself of the tenets of a growth mindset, that you may not be good at it yet, but you can get good. And remember, the idea is to get so good they can't ignore you. And if they're ignoring you, if they're passing you over, if they're telling you that you need significant improvement, you haven't done the things to truly wow them, to fill them with a sense of fear over losing you. And if you've really gotten that good and they still are denying you, you're still in the position of power because it means you're really that good. But my guess is because it knocks your self-confidence, you're unsure of what your skill set is, which means you probably aren't that good because if you were, you'd see the real world results and they just would be unassailable. So I would focus on knowing that you can get good, knowing that you can get better, knowing that the juice is to recenter yourself emotionally, to go back in despite all of the embarrassment that I know you feel because I felt it, I've been through this but to go in despite all of that and focus exactly on building the set of skills and not in getting emotionally um, torn so that you're no longer paying attention to your job, so you're performing even worse because you're sort of half out, because you're 
You want to quit before they can break up with you and you want to find another job. Now's your chance, man. Double down. Go hard. Show them that you're willing to focus on getting those skills and quite honestly, forget about them. Show yourself. Show yourself that you're willing to go after those skills and build that. That is all that matters. This is such a powerful moment in your life, man. I know it hurts, but on the other side of this, you're going to have developed an extraordinary skill. I'm oddly excited for you because I know it awaits you on the other side. All right, Julian Brangold. I'm an artist and have a super specific goal that I'm genuinely excited about. I'm working and doing well towards it, but find myself having a hard time sitting down and putting in the hours in a prolonged fashion. Do you have any idea why? Yes. When everything seems to be in place and it comes down to doing the work, I struggle. All right. First of all, read Angela Duckworth's book, Grit. This is a question of developing the grit muscle. And I will say the easiest, most pleasurable way to do that is to meditate. Meditating for 15, 20 minutes at a time to be able to do nothing but focus on your breath that already is going to teach you to elongate the amount of time that you can sit there and just focus on one thing. So practice doing that, taking it longer, and then practice doing what you're doing longer and longer and longer. And maybe at first it's five minutes, push it out to 10, then 20, then an hour, and then just start elongating that, practicing to see how long you can really go with something. And then I fear that we also have just like an interest problem. So is it that the art in and of itself isn't interesting. It doesn't light you on fire. Maybe it's insecurity. You're doing it and you think, I'm really not that good and this is forcing me to face my inadequacies. And in which case we have to deal with that. We have to remind ourselves about the growth mindset and focus on that we can get better. Every time I write, every time I have to face my inadequacies, even to this day. And so I always deal with that first to make sure that I understand this is part of the growing process, that in doing this thing, I'm going to get better. And then identity kicks in and I'm the type of person that. I'm the type of person that sits down and does the work. And when you start putting those things together, finding something that you're sincerely interested in, practicing elongating how long you can focus on one thing and then wrapping your identity around the fact that you're going to sit there and put in the work, you will find that it just gets much, much easier and you get much, much better at doing that. So there it is. Jenna Robinson. You've said in the past that if you only work smart hours, then you're always going to be beaten by someone who is willing to work smart and long hours. But does working very long hours reduce your ability to work smartly, e.g. losing concentration, so you're not learning as much, reducing your ability to, um, reducing your ability for deep rather than shallow work, etc.? Okay, so I've I've tirated about this a thousand times, so I'm gonna take a totally different approach, and I'm gonna say this. There's no obligation to work hard, smart, and long hours. Do whatever you want. At the end of the day, this is all about neurochemistry. It's about feeling good about who you are. It's about loving your life. It's about fulfillment. It's, It's really just enjoying this one chance that you get at this life. And so if when I say work hard, long, and smart, that doesn't feel right to you and you don't wanna do that, by all means, don't do that. My whole thing is if you want to be the best, if you want to play in a world stage, if you want to outperform, if you want to get extraordinary results, the reality is if you already know how to work hard and smart, then the last variable is long hours. Now, if you find that you're working so many hours that you click into the point where it's now working backwards, then then you found the breaking point. So you'll notice I prioritize sleep. So I make sure I get all the sleep that I need. 
because I know to perform optimally, I have to do that. So if you've got some breaking point where it's not fun and you want to go take a break and you're, you can tell that your learning is slowing down, cool, then you know that's the time to take a break. I'm never bashful about taking time off when I need it because I know how hard I play. I leave it all out on the field every day. And because of that, when I need a break, I'll fucking take a break. There you go. In fact, raw vulnerability time. I will just tell you right now, I sent my wife a text message this morning and I've said I, I have been emotionally needy for her in the last like three or four days. It's been super weird. It's come out of nowhere. I've not tried to pretend that that's not true and I've just leaned on her and I've told her exactly how I feel. I've told her all of my frustrations and I even told her, I don't want you to solve the problem. I just want you to listen. And she's been absolutely phenomenal about knowing when to listen and give me that space. And look, I just needed that. I needed to be able to lean on her to get myself back going in the right direction. And I'm just not conflicted about it. I don't worry about that. I don't worry about what it says about me because I know I'm playing exactly, I'm playing this life exactly the way that I want to play it, exactly the way I need to play it to get what I want from a neurochemical standpoint. So do you, like whatever feels right, whatever feels amazing, that's what you should be doing. So my work hard, work smart, work long hours is all about that thing that I value. Not everybody has to value that. All right. Ashutosh Garg, who wins today's name challenge for having the best name, YouTube. Hey Tom, I wanna know why dopamine is mostly released in things which are not good for us. Why doesn't it release during good habits and why do we feel frustrated doing good habits? So I'm gonna take a little bit of exception here. So first of all, dopamine is released for anything that nature wants to incentivize and dopamine is not the pleasure chemical, the feel-good chemical. It's the anticipatory, that excitement about something that's about to happen. Now, Part of what makes you say that that happens when it's um, things that are illicit maybe, like let's take overeating, which is a really easy example to explain why nature would incentivize this. So nature incentivizes eating through the use of the dopamine pleasure cycle. So you get the massive anticipation, it's really exciting, and then you get the flood of neurochemistry of feeling good and all of that from eating that thing. So in that cycle, that's what propels you to go out to hunt, to eat, to get things that are fatty, salty, um, sugar, all the things that were in really low supply when we had to hunt for everything. So in that time, it was good to gorge. It was good to put on some fat because you didn't know when you were going to get your next meal. So nature incentivizes the massive pursuit of things that are very hard to get. Now the problem is, and even take sex for instance, the problem is in a modern context, a lot of this stuff becomes easy, either through pornography, prostitutes, whatever the case may be in terms of sex or food, going to the grocery store and getting whatever you want, very cheap. That's where it becomes a problem in a modern context. But I will say that I think you can hijack this. And this is something I've built in. The harder I work, the greater release of feel-good chemicals I get. I'm proud of myself for working hard, for striving towards something. Fulfillment, which is just naturally amazing and I think is one of the best, if not the best, cocktails of neurochemistry anybody can hope to have. And it's certainly the one that survives even those down moments where it's brutal what you're going through, maybe just gnarly, but you feel good about who you are. That's, that is incredible. That's really hard to beat because it doesn't have the transience of so many other things. So the idea is to work into your mind that desire for those things, to value those things. And we get to choose what we value. So for instance, oddly enough, I get a release of 
positive neurochemistry when I'm fasting and I go stand next to someone who's cooking. I absolutely love doing that because in those moments, I'm willing to suffer for something I want. I'm willing to delay gratification. And because I've built that into my life as a value, then I get that incredible rush of serotonin, feeling good about myself, it's incredible but I've created that in my life. So you've got to be careful about the things that you value, not just give in to the natural impulses to find ways to build that um, release of positive neurochemistry around things that move you towards your goals. So, uh, but you build that in. It's not necessarily all going to happen automatically, but winning, that's pretty rad. So again, you just have to be careful about what you value winning at. All right, there it is. All right, guys, I have to wrap. I wish I could tell you why, but I'm super excited about um, what I'm about to do. So know that we are making progress and all the things that we told you that we were gonna do around here, step by step, day by day, we are making our dreams come true. And I'm very excited to be revealing things to you soon. I think we're gonna be making a huge announcement in the next six weeks. Um, so buckle up. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me. By the way, if you haven't already, go to shop.impacttheory.com, self-signal, get yourself one of your logo shirts, get yourself do the work, anything that resonates with you, self-signal your way to success. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. everybody thank you so much for listening and if this content is delivering value to you please go to itunes go to stitcher rate and review us that helps us build this community and that is what we are all about right now building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible and you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that all right guys thank you again so much and until next time my friends be legendary take care